Book 7, Chapters 10-14 through 14 of Of the Love of God by St. Francis de Sales Translated by H. L. Sidney Lear This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 7, The Union of the Soul with its God as Perfected by Prayer Chapter 10, Of Those Who Have Died of Love and For Divine Love all the martyrs died for god's love not for a dead but for a living faith which comes of love and their confession of faith was more an act of love than of the intellect when saint peter denied his lord on whom he believed nevertheless in his heart he let go his hold of love but there have been martyrs who died for charity alone as saint john baptist who was a martyr to his boldness in rebuking vice, or St. Peter and St. Paul, St. Stanislaus and St. Thomas of Canterbury were martyrs of love rather than faith, and many holy virgins were put to death through their persistent adherence to their divine bridegroom. Again, there are souls which give themselves up so wholly to divine love that it seems to consume them. They forget to eat and drink in their sorrow at seeing God offended, and worldly men think that they die of sorrow, whereas it is really that the fire of heavenly love devours their vital force, so that death ensues. Surely this is a blessed death. How sweet the incurable wound of sacred love which is ever loosening the weary strings of earthly life. By such a beautiful death, St. Catherine of Siena, St. Stanislaus Koska, St. Charles, and many others passed hence in their youth. St. Francis, after he had received the stigmata, became more an image of death than a living, breathing man. Chapter 11 of some who died solely of love. Thus all the elect die in habitual love, and some in, some for, some through such love. But there is a yet higher degree by which some there are who die of love, not merely as wounded or languishing, but pierced, transfixed, and done to instant death by love the soul forcibly attracted by the sweetness of its beloved rushes towards him with such impetus that the body being unable to follow is left behind while the immaterial part speeds its way like a dove to the bosom of its lord he draws it irresistibly to himself and as a man leaves father and mother to cleave to his wife so the pure bride of christ forsakes the flesh to cleave to him but so powerful an effort can only there be made where all earthly carnal affections have been very thoroughly stripped off already and the refining fire of love has purged the heart of all passion and self-will so that at last the soul is meet for a death so precious in the sight of the lord an entrance into eternal glory saint francis our very ideal of heavenly love 
did not merely die through the exhaustion of the mighty love with which god filled his heart he was raised up as a very miracle of love to die not only for love but of love as his last moments drew on he caused himself to be laid naked on the ground and then receiving a covering as alms he addressed his brethren on the love and fear of god and zeal for the church bade them read the passion to him and then fervently repeated the hundred forty-second psalm i cried unto the lord with my voice yea even unto the lord did i make my supplication till having uttered the last verse bring my soul out of prison that i may give thanks unto thy name he expired in the forty-fifth year of his age saint magdalen lived for thirty years in a cave in provence yet to be seen in continual raptures and visions of angels until one sunday her dear friend the bishop saint maximin finding her in church fixed in contemplation her hands uplifted and her eyes full of tears he communicated her and she forthwith yielded up her saintly spirit which speeded to dwell forever at the feet of that Lord whom she had chosen as the better part, even on earth. St. Basil had a certain dear friend, a Jewish physician, whom he greatly desired to convert, but never could succeed, until at last, worn out with labors and austerities, he lay at the point of death. When asking the physician how long he had to live, this friend replied that he must certainly die ere sunset what would you say the sick man asked were i to be still alive to-morrow i would become a christian was the answer whereupon saint basil pleaded earnestly with god and obtained the prolongation of his life and the conversion of his friend so that saint basil rose up and going to church baptized the jew and all his household and then returning to his bed he communed long with god piously exhorted those around and at length beholding the angels awaiting him softly said my god into thy hands i commend my spirit and died then the convert embracing him with tears exclaimed o great basil thou servant of god if thou hadst asked it neither wouldst thou have died to-day saint teresa made it known after her death that it was caused by so vehement an outburst of love that overpowering all natural limits her soul fled away to the beloved of her heart chapter twelve the history of one who died of love on mount olivet i have heard a tale which albeit marvellous is not incredible to those who love the rather that as saint paul says charity believeth all things that is is not ready to suppose other men false and where testimony seems good charity is wont to believe especially where god's love to men or theirs to him is concerned 
all the more because charity the queen of virtue delights in all that confirms her empire saint augustine says that the most glorious miracles are often scarce known even on the spot but they need not the less be true nor need the devout soul stumble at what seems hard to believe this story then as told by saint bernardine of siena is as follows a certain nobleman of devout life went to palestine to visit the holy places and after due confession and communion he reached nazareth the scene of the annunciation where he meditated the mystery of god's redeeming grace thence he passed to bethlehem where he kissed the sacred ground whereon the saviour of the world was born and coming to the jordan he too plunged into the waters wherein his lord was baptized thence he went into the desert where his devout imagination vividly depicted the temptation and the angels ministering to their lord when he had overcome satan the scene of the transfiguration that of the upper chamber where the holy eucharist was instituted the brook kedron the garden of gethsemane and all the successive scenes of the passion he devoutly traced realizing with inconceivable earnestness each step and shedding an ocean of tears on the soil watered by his saviour's blood from the sepulchre he went to emmaus and finally coming to mount olivet and following in thought as in scene the marvellous ascension of the lord this devout christian gathered himself together as an archer draws his bow and lifting hands and eyes to heaven exclaimed o most dear lord i know not how any further to follow thee on earth grant me then dearest saviour to follow thee in heaven having said which he discharged his soul thitherwards even as the arrow speeds from the well-strung bow those around him were greatly marvelling when the physician summoned after due inquiry as to his temperament and habits pronounced that his heart had burst from excess of fervour and love and opening his body truly they found it so and on that noble heart were written the words jesus my love love had taken death's office and parted body and soul asunder another author whose name we know not records in a book called the spiritual mirror how a certain noble of provence a very pious man and of a special devotion to the blessed sacrament was taken very ill and by reason of continual sickness was unable to receive holy communion he longing greatly for it besought the priest to lay the blessed sacrament on his breast which being done that loving breast opened and swallowed up the beloved one and at the same instant life departed i grant that this is a very marvellous story and one that needs strong testimony but after the well-known and verified history of st clare of montefalcone and of the stigmata of st francis 
i can find no difficulty in believing any wonders of divine love chapter thirteen the blessed virgin mother died of love for her son we cannot doubt but that saint joseph died before the passion or our lord would scarce have committed his mother to saint john neither can we doubt but that he was ministered to in his last hours by his beloved foster son blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy what love and tenderness saint joseph had borne to the divine babe and who can question but that it was restored to him a hundredfold at the end who does not remember the beautiful type of filial and parental love which we see in the stork the parent birds being carried in their old age even as they had borne their young while in the fullness of strength how often had saint joseph and the blessed virgin carried the infant saviour in their arms as they journeyed in this world and surely he in his turn bore his foster-father to abraham's bosom and thence to his own ascended glory so loving a saint could scarce die save of love and having completed the task assigned him we can but fancy him saying in the saviour's own words father i have finished the work which thou gavest me to do and then committing his spirit into the hands of jesus even as the infant form of that same jesus had been committed into his hands when born such can hardly fail to have been somewhat the manner of departure of that holy man to whom were trusted the most loving and familiar offices toward jesus that any save his blessed mother were permitted to render nor can we imagine her to have died any other death than that of love the noblest death and therefore the most fit end for the noblest life ever created a death which angels might crave could they die surely if the early christians loved each other so well that they were of one heart and one soul and if saint paul no longer himself lived but jesus christ lived in him through the closeness of union whereby his heart was knit to his redeemer's heart how much more must the holy virgin and her son have had but one heart and one soul and one life so that the blessed mother lived not herself but her son lived in her loving and loved beyond all that is of men or angels even as the love of a mother and her only son is chiefest among earthly loves and this was the love of a mother unlike all other mothers inasmuch as no earthly father had part in the birth of her divine son and therefore their union was of a sort different to all else not even the chiefest seraphim could say thou art my son and as my true son i love thee neither to any other in creation could the lord say thou art my mother and i am indeed thy son 
if then a loving servant might dare to say that he lived not but his master in him how much more might that mother say i have no life save in my son truly he liveth in me and if this mother lived in her son's life surely she died in his death we are told that the phoenix growing old gathers together on a mountain top a pile of aromatic wood and when the sun's rays are at the hottest it beats its wings thereon until the wood kindles and the bird is consumed amid the flames even so that virgin mother having with tender memory gathered and pondered all the mysteries of her son's life and death and received the brightest rays which he the son of righteousness ever sheds upon any created in his love fanning such flames with the breeze of her devout contemplation surely at length heavenly love must have consumed her as a living sacrifice and she must have rendered up her soul into her son's arms o blessed life-giving death o holy love which through death leads to life there were other loving souls watching the lord's death whereof the most loving felt the keenest pangs for their love was steeped in sorrow and sorrow in love and they who loved their saviour best entered most deeply into his passion but his blessed mother who loved more than all was beyond all pierced with a sharp sword the sorrows of the son pierced the mother's heart so joined as they were together yet that mother's heart sought no cure but rather cherished the wound desiring only to depart as he had departed he who as holy scripture tells us died once a perfect sacrifice of love for the sins of the whole world chapter fourteen the blessed virgin must have died a loving peaceful death there is a tradition that our lady revealed to saint matilda that her death was caused by a violent access of divine love but both saint bridget and saint john damascene testified that she died a most peaceful death i believe both assertions to be true the beauty of the stars is wondrous and most grateful to our eyes but they seem to shine with a varying twinkling light either from the nature of that light or from the distance intervening between them and us even so those saints who died of love passed through many strange vicissitudes owing to the frailty of their as yet unperfected love which was unequal to a steady persistence but it was not so with the blessed virgin just as we see the sun rise not by starts but by a steady progress so that we are scarce conscious of its motion until it is wholly risen so heavenly love grew continually in her pure soul calmly steadily without commotion or disturbance we may not imagine any impetuous agitation in her love for it is the very nature of love to be gentle calm and peaceful and when it works by the opposite means 
it is owing to resistance made but where all the soul's avenues are freely open to it love advances peacefully and rapidly thus holy love worked calmly and without effort in the virgin mother's heart for assuredly it met with no resistance there a mighty river dashes noisily against the rocks which stem it but rolls smoothly through the plain even so divine love when it meets with hindrance and resistance such as indeed in some shape or at some time all men offer to it becomes vehement struggles with evil tendencies and constrains the will after diverse fashions in order to overrule obstacles and make way for itself but everything within the blessed virgin seconded the views of divine love which grew in her far more than in any other creature albeit quietly and gently intensely as she loved and suffered beneath the cross she did not die there for greatly as she felt both grief and love there was such mingled power and sweetness such energy and such peace combined as sustained her through all not but that the soul of the blessed virgin like that of all men had two parts and consequently two appetites or desires one rational and superior the other sensual and inferior so that she experienced those natural repugnances and contradictions which exist between the two such a struggle our lord himself vouchsafed to take on him with humanity but all her affections were so regulated that divine love held sway within her easily the repugnances and appetites of nature never developing into sin not even into venial sin all such impulses were faithfully used on behalf of divine love by promoting the practice of those virtues which can only be attained amid difficulties hindrance and contradiction we are apt to think that thorns spoil our flowers and that the world do better without them st ambrose says that but for sin there had been none but since thorns there are and must be the wise husbandman utilizes them and converts them into a hedge and shelter for his flocks and fields just so the blessed virgin having her part in human infirmities utilized them to the increase of many virtues courage temperance justice prudence humility and the like so that far from proving a hindrance they forwarded her progress till she combined mary's loving contemplation with martha's ardent activity she had chosen the love of her son and nothing could take that from her the magnet has a hidden power to attract iron yet there are five hindrances which hinder this attraction one too great a distance between the parts two the intervention of a diamond three the presence of grease upon the iron four if it be rubbed with garlic five 
if the iron be too heavy in like manner the heart of man is made for god who attracts it continually by the power of his divine love but there are five hindrances to his holy attraction one sin which separates us from god two the love of riches three sensual pleasure four pride and vanity five self-love with its crowd of unruly passions which overwhelm us as a heavy burden now none of these hindrances beset the blessed virgin who was kept from sin whose poverty was heartfelt who was pure and humble who had all her passions under control and was free from the rebellion of self against god therefore just as iron when free from all hindrance or excessive weight is drawn irresistibly by the lodestone the attraction becoming increasingly powerful in proportion as the two substances are relatively near so the holy mother being free from all hindrance between her and her son's divine love was united to him in an ineffable union sweet and pure taking shape in external act yet without checking the inward unity therefore her death was gentle beyond all idea her son drawing her by the savour of his good ointment canticle chapter one verse three and she flowed gently into the bosom of his endless love and albeit that sweet soul greatly loved her own most holy and pure body yet did she leave it without reluctance like to judith when she laid aside the cherished garments of her widowhood to go forth victorious over holofernes or like jonathan when for love of david he stripped off his raiment love had laid the supreme pangs of death upon that blessed one beneath the cross surely it was but fair that at last death should restore her the supremest bliss of love end of book seven chapter fourteen